Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, that's us, watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex, and today we have a really good podcast coming at you. One of my favorite TV shows, Turn Movie, it, 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 I'm super excited. I have been bugging you, Evan, to cover Bob's Burgers for as long as I can remember. One of my favorite shows, and today we are finally covering the Bob's Burgers movie. And we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by one of Evan's friends. Evan, why don't you go ahead and introduce Zareen here. Zareen Chaudhary is our guest today, who is one of my colleagues through The New Yorker, and I'm very excited to have her on to be talking Bob's Burgers. I don't, I mean, I've watched a couple episodes here and there. I'm generally fond of the show. I like the people involved. I've always laughed at it. Uh, Zareen, t- tell me your history. Well, first of all, feel free to introduce yourself a little bit, but then t- tell us a little bit about your history with the show itself and why you wanted to cover it. Yeah, so thank you both so much for having me on the show. I am also very excited for this. I think I started watching Bob's Burgers maybe like five, six years ago. I can't remember. And I love this show. It is so hilarious. I don't think there's a single episode I have not liked. And I don't, I'm not like a serial watcher of it. For me, it's kind of like a comfort show where I go to it as a pick me up, like when Mm. I just like need to watch something that's going to make me laugh that I'm going to enjoy. But I, Mm -hmm. I don't like, I have not completed watching like every episode in order. Some fun facts are that, uh, my first cartoon I sold to The New Yorker is actually an homage to Bob's Burgers to the opening credit really? scene. Yeah, oh, to the cool. grand re-re-re opening. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh and so okay. that's also pretty cool. Uh, I, I have also dressed up as Louise for Halloween before. <laughs> so Great I'm nice. a pretty big fan of the show. I love the concept of a comfort show. Yeah. I think that's like a perfect way to articulate it. It's just like something you throw on. I'm trying to rack my brain for comfort shows that I have because I know I have them. But so, um, Alex, do you have any comfort shows? Uh, do anything? Does anything uh, come to me? Mind? A comfort show is a show you would also feel comfortable like taking a nap to. To me, I have watched this show numerous number of times because it'll just be a show I put on and I'll take a nap. And you can wake up. It's a beautiful comfort show. I think what a lot of people would compare like their comfort show to is got to be like The Office. It's just mm. something they watch over and over again. And so we got a good set of diversity here. We have Evan, who has seen like minimal Bob's Burgers episodes. We have Zareen here, who is uh, much more than Evan, but hasn't seen it all the way through. Guys, I've probably seen this four times all the way through. No joke. So I watched it. I'm not kidding. So I've watched it once by myself, and then I got my cousin Katie into it, so I had to watch it all again with her. And then just like casually, uh, I don't remember why, but there was one time I just picked it up from the start again. And to be fair, I napped through some of the episodes, so I know that was my third one. And then me and Nikki, I recently got Nikki into it, and so I've seen almost it all the way through again. Granted, you know, back when I first started, there wasn't as many seasons, but now Mm -hmm. there's 13 seasons ongoing, and they have a 
movie. So to me, and also if you watch season one, we're just getting right into it, I guess. Season one, it's like so, to me, this is like the little engine that could. Like this show never should have succeeded, in my opinion. It, it really, in the first season, doesn't know what's going on. It's got some really good jokes, but, and now it's just like a juggernaut when it comes to comedy. Like Zareen said, I can't think of an episode I don't like. Every episode has something funny or hilarious or one joke that I'm like, oh yeah, that's like the funniest thing I've ever heard. So I'm obsessed with this show. I really think it's generally a show you can put on any episode, any of them, just pick out of the blue and you can watch it out of context and you're going to have a good time. It's great. Granted, it does build upon itself, knowing the characters a little more. And so like the movie is a great example of this. I think a general audience member could walk into this movie and enjoy it, but there was still stuff there for like the longtime fans where you're like, mm. yeah, I get this. I know what this is about. It's it, So it was good. I enjoyed that. I guess one thing I'm surprised by is that this show has been on for as long as it has been on for. It, I think it mm-hmm. dates back to 2011, and of the handful of episodes I've seen, the one that always cracks me up like probably one of the few i've seen is the capoeira episode which is an early episode i think that's like the first one which cracks me up just because in 2011 i think i was like going entering college at that time and they're like (laughs) first week you know week on campus there was like a capoeira club where we went me and alex went to school and i was like yeah god damn like it was so spot on for 2011 that joke (laughs) all right this is obviously a a show with an extensive catalog and extensive history Um, but why don't we dig into just the premise of it a little bit so bob's burger is is obviously the titular restaurant they do specialty burgers every day what evan's leaving out here is bob runs the restaurant with his wife and his three kids and they're just like always struggling. <laughs> it's just that throughout the whole series, they are never doing good at business. Whereas the restaurant across the street, Jimmy Pesto's, is always doing well. And so it's really fun. And it's to me like the the burger, the the restaurant of it all is fun. It's good, but it's really all about the family dynamic, and it's all about these characters. Like I think you could have put these characters in almost any setting. And you're going to have a hit because they came up with like really good characters. And I think that is what really sells the show for me. But talking about the movie, not the show, Zareen, what would you say just like uh, for if anyone hasn't seen the show, uh, they would need to know about it? Uh, for going into the movie? Yeah. Well, or, yeah. In general, going into the movie, whatever you have, just uh, we do weirdly yeah, get some yeah. people who listen to these that haven't watched like a <laughs> bit of it. So we like to give them some background. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling you out, Dylan. yeah i mean i think the one of the best parts of the shows is just the quirkiness of the characters so the three kids are jean louise and tina tina is the oldest she's in eighth grade and her thing is that she is very like raging on hormones like (laughs) obsessed with butts and obsessed with the kid across the street jimmy jr who's also Mm -hmm. in her grade she's like really boy crazy and then we have Jean, who is really likes to make weird noises. <laughs> I've um, never heard Jean described that way, but that is so accurate. That is like Jean in a nutshell. He loves making weird noises. Yeah. I'm like, I can't think of anything more like quintessentially Jean. <laughs> he's, he's very much an oddball himself. He's 
very much a mama's boy too. Yeah. Um, that's so <laughs> and then we have Louise, who is the youngest, I believe, but she is actually kind of like the ringleader of mm-hmm. the three kids. Um, she's always up to like really clever, conniving plots. She's very yeah. witty, extremely sassy with her comebacks, and she likes to like get the kids into misadventures, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really great description of the three kids there. I think so. Those are the main characters. We also have Bob and Linda, who are their parents. And Bob, to me, is just like the ultimate straight man. The rest of his family are cracking <laughs> jokes all around him. And like half of the show and movie is like him reacting to those things. And, you know, he's a bit of like, uh, 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 not down on his luck. Well, he is a bit of down on his luck, but he doesn't he show it he too really often. Is. Yeah, he is. But so he's a struggling businessman and who's got like a very hyperactive, excited family. <laughs> and it's just a really great dynamic because each character is so unique. And like Linda is always singing and like Bob and Linda for being like opposites, they somehow also make like the perfect couple. You know, they're never like arguing. They do obviously get in fights, but they're never like arguing like, yeah, they bicker. They never argue mm-hmm. like, oh, are these two going to get a divorce? Like, you could tell they very much <laughs> love each other. But, yeah, like I said, we could talk forever about the TV show. And I think that's why we chose the movie over the show was uh, it'd be a bit more succinct. And I I really think you don't need to have seen a ton of the show to, uh, to, to really enjoy this. Evan, as the person who's probably seen the least Bob's Burgers, what do you think about that? I really appreciated that. Having only seen a handful of episodes but generally having a positive impression of the show going into the movie. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were some references. I didn't get callbacks, Easter eggs, what have you, but there was nothing in the story that I felt like I missed out on. And I had a really good time. It feels really good to just go into a movie and not necessarily know what you're going to get. But like this, I I was like, I I don't know, this could be one really long episode of Bob's Burgers. And it (laughs) it kind of felt like that, which is a good, (laughs) which was a great thing. I actually think it was to their strength. Yeah. Yes. The the one way I would describe it is like the stakes, while raised a little bit from from the TV show, (laughs) seem still minimal enough to be a Bob's Burgers episode. This could Uh, have been a two-part episode. Yes. They do that occasionally. Mm -hmm. And while I think that wouldn't have been as good, I, I think that's to this strength. And I, this is something Evan and I have talked about. I'm looking at the runtime online, hour and 42 minutes. I mean, amazing. That's amazing. We yeah. don't see movies like that anymore. They're all pushing two hours. And yeah. I appreciate that. I just, I do. We need more movies like this. Like, it's not trying to be something it's not, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. This was very much a, a good Bob's Burgers episode that they were like, we're going to make this a movie. And thematically, it worked. You know, there was mystery. There was music. It was good. There was a lot of humor. So I think it worked. Before we get into maybe the plot of the movie, do we want to go over, like, the voice cast? Because the voice cast is pretty great. We got to start with Bob. Bob? You got to start with Bob, right? (laughs) We got to start with Bob, the patriarch, voiced by H. John Benjamin. The H stands for Harry, I found out. Uh, this guy is... I'm not gonna lie I, you are correct with his name but I think I have been telling people his name's John H. Benjamin I think I've been <laughs> I think I've wrong. been messing that yeah I think I've been that messing that up lie. for a long time <laughs> I think I've messed that up like many a times many occasions wow okay wow. I'm so sorry to derail this please tell us about H. John Benjamin oh my god 
I, I feel like I've heard his voice everywhere. The one yeah. other prominent role that people would know him from is probably Archer, which was mm-hmm. a, yeah. another Fox or FX animated show. FX, I loved yeah. him on Archer. Mm-hmm. That went on for a lot of seasons. Is that still running? He's he's the animated king. So. This. Yeah, it's still going, or if it's not going on, it ended recently. Um, I think it is over now that I say that. Okay, Archer, great animated show. Like, this guy just only works on bangers of shows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you want to know where I recognize his voice from? Where do My you earliest, him? earliest recognition of his voice. Weirdest thing ever. He was in Wet Hot American Summer. He plays. <laughs> really? The, he plays the talking can. That the that the lunch guy wow. like ends up becoming obsessed with, and huh. for some reason when I heard Bob's Burgers, I go, "Oh, how do I know that voice?" And I connected it to the can in Wet Hot American Summer, and I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, I'm right." <laughs> so that's a weird one for me, but I love. I'm like low key a huge fan of Wet Hot American Summer, so it didn't surprise me that I made that connection. Zareen, what are your impressions of H. John Benjamin as Bob? Yeah, I um. I think I started watching Archer probably around the same time as Bob's Burgers, and I actually did not make the connection because I think their characters are so different. So true. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. And I was just like, I cannot imagine that. And then I think I was like at a Comic Con once in San Diego, and they someone told me they were like, "Did you know that H. John Benjamin is both Bob and?" Um, from Archer and I was like what like my mind was absolutely blown I was like they are such different people <laughs> just uh-huh. like mm-hmm. you have the most charismatic on one end and the least charismatic on the other it's so um, true for yeah. for people who might not recognize the name I'm sure we'll clip it and maybe throw up his picture for social media later but he did have a small live action role on um what was the Aziz Ansari Netflix show? Oh, Master, oh, of, Master None. of None. I think he plays himself, maybe? He does. Wow. That sounds yeah. right. So what's also funny is Aziz Ansari was in Bob's Burgers for many years. He played uh, he played uh, 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 one of the, uh, the kids' schoolmates. He does not anymore. Daryl. He played uh, Daryl. He doesn't play him anymore. That is one he's thing. He's credited uh, on the Wikipedia here, though. In the movie? Yeah, on the movie oh. page at least. Well, then, I think I saw that in the credits. Actually, I was like, "Whoa!" Oh. Didn't well, catch I, that. yeah. So he he's been doing that for years. The other one that really bummed me out, and he was not in the movie, is Bill Hader. For a long time, yes. he was a voice on the show, and in recent seasons, he has not reprised his role as Mickey. And when they brought up Mickey in the movie. I geeked out. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be Bill Hader. I was like, it's going to be Bill Hader. He came back for the movie and it wasn't. I was oh, so upset. No. I yeah. spotted it instantly. Okay, but uh, we've only talked one character though. H. John <laughs> Benjamin, great. Um, let's, here, here's yeah, okay, a question. Okay. He does a lot of voice acting. Does he ever change his voice? He's one of those actors who just, it's like, it's very deep, a little nasally, but like. Very deadpan. Yeah, Yeah. super deadpan. No, you're right. He plays the same voice, but it's such a good voice that like, I feel like he doesn't need to. And you know, the other person I'm going to compare it to is J.K. Simmons. Does he Mm. play any different voices in anything he does? Uh, No, because his voice is iconic. (laughs) Okay. All right. You know, H. John Benjamin did do these Arby's commercials for a while. Did he? Did you guys see those? 
No, I don't think so. But he's actually in them. Like, you (laughs) see him. And it is the most disturbing thing because I can only associate him as a disembodied voice. And I'm like, this is too weird to see you with the person. (laughs) It is super weird seeing most of this voice cast speak with their live face, as weird Uh as that sounds. Because I... So uh, this is actually a good transition to our next character, Linda. Linda Belcher is played by John Roberts, who is actually a man. And so whenever I hear John do the Linda voice, it blo- it literally makes my head explode. I'm not even kidding. It is so mind-bogglingly because I didn't know Linda was played by a man for years. I didn't same, know. Same. I didn't know for so long. So when I found that out, it was like world-shattering. I was like, what? And then to come to find out, well, obviously Tina's played by a man. But that was yeah. just, it was so much different learning that about Linda. And so Linda's a great character in and of herself. Um, I don't know John Roberts from anywhere. Do you guys? I'm looking through his filmography on Wikipedia right now. Obviously, Bob's Burgers on there was a guest voice on Archer. Also a guest voice on another show that you love, Alex, Gravity Falls, oh, which is, in a way, sort of the origin well, of our podcast, even I, though I still have not watched the whole thing. I hate you. We'll yeah. cover it someday. But there's another Gravity Falls connection here. Yes. Oh, Kristen yeah, yeah, Shaw. Kristen Shaw. Kristen Shaw. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't even yes. got to her, so I'll, I'll save that. But okay, so John was in in that. I love Gravity Falls, so I missed that, but I love that. John also co-wrote, according to Wikipedia, a pilot for MTV with Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> that was not That's as exciting random. as I feel like you thought it was going to be. Okay, kind of cool. Was... <laughs> Better Call Saul? What? It was interesting. Okay, but like it was just a pilot. Like It never got picked up. Okay, yeah. so... He's been around. He's doing stuff. John, to me, is great in the sole fact that, like I said, I just I assumed Linda was played by a woman for years. And mm-hmm. Linda, to me, has... Um, a lot of range vocally, like if that makes sense. Linda is very loud. Linda can get quiet. Linda gets sassy. Linda gets upset. Linda's happy. And you hear all of these emotions in Linda's voice. So I really respect John Roberts, even though um, I don't, I, I, I didn't know he was in Gravity Falls or anything else before this. Kristen Shaw? Yeah, yeah, please. I love Kristen Shaw. Okay. Yes, voice, me too. What's the kid's name? Uh, Louise? Louise, yeah. Yes. Louise. She's, she's, another, Louise. she's another actor. Very distinct voice. I don't know that she'll ever mm-hmm. do a voice that's not her own. But it's She very doesn't long. need to. She's got such a great voice. Okay, ready for this? First thing I ever saw Kristen Schaal in. Going to be the most random thing. She was in almost every episode, or, or she was in every season of Flight of the Concords on HBO. She was their number one fan, and she was hilarious in that. And so throughout the years, every time I hear her voice, it sparks a a joyous memory of her, Jermaine, and uh, Brent (laughs) doing into different antics. So that's a really random show, really big throwback. But so Kristen Shaw, like you said, great voice actor. She's Mabel in Gravity Falls. She is in a lot more, but I'm blanking at the moment. Oh, my God. Yes! She's Sarah Lynn and Bojack. And Sarah Lynn is one of the best characters in that show. Sarah Lynn, okay, well, besides, like, all the deep and dark stuff Sarah Lynn goes through, Sarah Lynn also has probably one of my favorite lines where she goes, I'm trying out a new catchphrase. Suck a dick, dumb shits! And she would just yes. continue to say that as she left every room for, for episodes. Ever. Like, it was so, I don't know why. It's so funny to me. So, uh, it, Kristen Shaw, fantastic. She's in so many great things. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad you pointed that one out. 
acted opposite Will Forte in The Last Man on Earth. Uh, did you watch that? Like the early episodes. It was okay. it was a pretty fun premise. I don't know. I lost it when he wasn't The Last Man on Earth. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. It was the whole name of the show. So I was fine. Chris and Shaw came in. I was like, oh, okay. Well, she's the last woman on Earth. And then there was more people. I was like, he's not even the last man on Earth. What is this? So False advertising. Yeah, the show lost me then. But um, I love Kristen Shaw. Anything she's in is instantly going to get like a bump of credibility for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, Gene is, is the middle child? Yeah, Gene's the yes. middle. Yep. Okay. I'm not Classic familiar with Eugene Merman. I'll, I'll be well, honest. Well, so, I, you know, Eugene's not someone I feel like I'm familiar with, but when I look at his face... I've, I've seen re- him in stuff. I've <laughs> definitely seen him before. It's really odd. So, like, even just me looking at his stuff, though, like, I'm not recognizing a whole lot, but his face looks so familiar. You want to know why? It's because uh, on his Wikipedia page, he plays a character called Eugene on Flight of the Concords. Oh my god! Whoa! Yeah, that's where I've seen him from. But so I'm pretty sure he's like a comedian. He's like a stand-up, and that's that's his main. Game. Yeah, but I think so. Gene's great. Gene does a lot of singing, and that's kind of where his plot will go in the uh, um, in the movie. Is he wants to be a musician, and so I, this is not an offense to the character of Gene, but through my years of watching, I've realized I like Gene a lot more when he is not the main character of the episode. I love Gene when he's throwing mm. off one-liners and those silly noises and like making mm-hmm. puns. But when the show focuses on him, I feel like he loses a bit of that humor, and that's really like his role for me. Is I feel like he is just really good at like dropping one-liners that are either like laugh out loud hilarious or like inappropriate. Like he kept saying "crime hole," and I just love anytime Bob has to go, <laughs> Gene, like Gene, like what? Oh, just the family <laughs> dynamic of all these people. Like that's such a a parent way yeah. to respond to children when they're saying something they shouldn't. Like, and they do it all the time throughout the show is he'll be like, Frick, or something, and he'll be like, Gene, Gene. It's, yeah. It's in, a, in a show that's already yeah. very funny, Gene, I think, is very good uh, comedic relief, mm-hmm. which is impressive. But to, to their credit in this movie, I feel like they do give each of the characters, most of the characters at least, a little bit of their own. Everyone's path. got a bit of story. A yeah. little bit of story. So I do appreciate that. No one was sidelined completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you, uh, Zareen, what, what are your thoughts on Gene or Eugene? Wow, wait, his name's Gene. I know, I know. I, like, I can't believe I'm just now putting this together. I know. Okay. I feel like Eugene Merman is like perfect for Gene, but I also don't know him <laughs> anywhere else outside of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> he's perfect. Uh, I don't know him, but he's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree with uh, Gene being great as the side character i'm really drawing on a blank on like think of too many of like the gene centered episodes um Mm -hmm. but i i totally think that he is made for that role of just the random unexpected like non sequiturs around the dinner table you know (laughs) that's the best way to put it it's always random but it's always hilarious and i think one of my like all-time favorite bits is like He's always um, joking that Bob and Linda are not married slash a couple. He'll often be like, did you know mom and dad have a thing? Like, it's just yeah. so funny to me. <laughs> like, oh God, he, he always is so dropping jokes. And he's like, mm, I don't think they're each other's type. Like, he literally is, like, does not seem to know that they're married. <laughs> oh, love him. I think mm-hmm. Tina's the last sibling. Did we talk about... No. Who plays? We haven't. No. Okay. Tina's the last one. Voiced by Dan Mintz. 
It is so funny. So we did the the Linda is a man who's playing a woman, but this is just like comedy that they have a, an eighth grade girl voiced by like a man yeah. with like a a pretty deep voice, and the <laughs> fact that all these years later, I don't question it. Like that's just Tina's right, voice. Right. I, it doesn't it doesn't seem or look or feel weird to me at all until I see Dan Mintz's stupid mug smiling back at me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I really love that you're right. Unlike for um, Linda, they don't try to hide it. They don't try to, like, pretend that she's a woman and, like, gotcha. It's like, (laughs) she is just a man trapped in a teenage girl. (laughs) So the backstory to this, actually, I don't know if you guys know this, is that the original... when they were originally creating Bob's Burgers, Tina was actually going to be a teenage boy. And so Lauren Bouchard, he like cast all of the voices together. But then I think whatever the showrunners or whoever thought that that teenage boy character that they made was like too like stereotypical or like not interesting or fresh. Okay. So then they created the character of Tina, who's like this butt-crazed, boy-crazed teenage <laughs> girl. But they love Dan Mintz's voice so much <laughs> that they were like, we're going to keep it. it <laughs> and I guess no one questioned that. <laughs> I love it. Because to me, like, not to, saying like puberty's a joke or whatever, but that happens to like kids' voices around that age is they sound very off. So I, I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I think that... Dan does, like I was giving credit to Linda's voice actor, Dan is another one of those that is able to do a lot vocally while still keeping the Tina tone. Whereas, so like Bob has his Bob tone and he stays within those lines, but Tina still conveys like a lot of up and down emotion while always keeping that Tina tone. I don't know how to describe it, but Tina's almost like very monotone, but like, you can still tell when she's stressed or happy or excited. It's it's really good. It's like superb voice acting, in my opinion. Yeah, it's that like a lot so of true. a lot of like uh, emoting or variation without a yes. lot of inflection. Boom! You nailed it. Wow, that sounded so scientific, and I'm about to ruin it. <laughs> Me and Nikki's favorite joke is just when Tina goes. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's so funny because you can just feel Tina's stress like your skin starts to crawl or the other one and I don't know if she did it in the movie but the other one we really love is when she goes it just it will make me die laughing under any circumstance I love it so like in the movie yes. when Tina is like filming Louise doing her dangerous stunt you just hear uh, like it's so good it's so yes. funny yes I love how like those like little like voice things of Tina are like such a part of her character now right yes. and I think that also just speaks so much to like the voice talent going on there is that they've mm-hmm. created these like very iconic like sound bites that you're like that's oh, Tina. Yeah. Recognizable instantly. I always go to the episode where uh, Bob lets her drive for the first time, and they are in seemingly an empty parking lot. There is one car, and <laughs> Tina, <laughs> Tina is moving so slow, and Bob's like, all right, yep, you're good. You just need to turn left or right. Literally, left or right, <laughs> Tina. Just one. You're heading towards the one car, but if you just turn left, and then eventually, like, he's like, Tina, what are you? Like, it's so, and it's so slow motion, but the whole time, she's just, uh, it's, it's top-notch comedy. It's really good. It's it's like, it's I don't. It's like comedy that like transcends animation. This show is written 
like it's not even animated. Does that make sense? Like it's in the style of like a Simpsons. Some, well, even Simpsons has a lot of cartoony gags, but it's not like a family guy where they do a lot of like bits or they have characters or crazy things come in. This 100% could take place in the real world. There's no mm-hmm. elements of fantasy or uh, animation genre to it. So like, I just, oh, yeah. as a comedy, it's like top notch. The writing is just really well done. And to me, they don't treat it like it's an animated show. They just treat it like it's a comedy TV show. So that sums up the family, I'm pretty sure. I want to yeah. shout out a couple. There's a, a pretty star-studded auxiliary cat. I don't, I don't know what you would call them. But I'm just going to go from the bottom up, actually. Auxiliary. Jordan Peele as Fanny. Don't know who that is, but Jordan Peele, that's so pretty cool. So Fanny is... Kelvin, no, so there's Kelvin and uh, his little brother, Fish Odor. I can't think of his name. Um, he is, he is, um, so Felix? it's Felix. It's Felix oh, Fish yeah, Odor. Yeah, yeah. Felix has a girlfriend named Fanny. And so she's yes. the one he's FaceTiming. <laughs> and that's Jordan in Peele. In the movie, yeah. Yeah, well, he plays Fanny in the TV show, too. So I like that he came and reprised his role for even just a little bit because I'm obsessed with Jordan Peele. So I like that he still takes time for, for things like this. Yeah, um, like he was Nicole Byer. <laughs> yeah, as Olson Benner replacing Pamela Adlin, who's uh, Bobby oh, yeah. Hill, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yep. Um, Paul Rudd as Jericho, which another cameo. Do you know who Jericho is, Evan? Just off the top nope. of your head, Tina's imaginary horse, and <laughs> Paul <Really>? Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd voices Tina's imaginary horse in every episode Jericho's ever appeared in. It's always Paul Rudd. I am obsessed with that. And to me, this is like the sign of a good comedy. Paul Rudd is taking time out of his day. He's like, yeah, man, I got you. I'll, I'll always be Jericho. It's not a real horse. It's Tina's imaginary horse. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Wow. Okay. Uh, Paul Rudd. Oh, wait, no. Wait, I just said Paul Rudd. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I was like, again? Like he, no. <laughs> he does another imaginary horse? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sarah Silverman uh, yep. as one of the pesto kids. And her sister plays, so they're Andy and Ollie. Okay. And her and her sister play Andy and Ollie pesto. And they also uh. have some amazing classic lines. And it's Sarah oh. Silverman. Like, she's an icon. Yeah. Jenny Slate as Tammy. Yep. Justina's bully slash friend. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Jenny Slate plays John Ralphio's sister for Parks and Rec fans. Um, and she's voicing Marcel Shell. Okay, I think that's the format. I'm going to quiz you. And on I'm going to spout, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've done it with everyone up until now. Yeah, let's keep it going. Let's yeah. keep it going. Uh, uh, we already talked about Aziz Ansari. Stephanie Beatrice from Encanto as Chloe Barbash. Yep. Uh, she she plays Chloe Barbash, which um, in the TV show, Regular Size Rudy has a, a crush on her, but she is the girl in this one who is doing the dead man drop. Whereas Luis will refuse to do the dead man drop because okay, okay, her okay. pink bunny ears are going to fall off and they call her a baby, which, you know, kind of sparks the whole, the word you mean, kind of sparks the whole plot. Ready for this? Yeah. Chloe Barbash calling Luis a baby is the whole reason we uncover the mystery and murder that happened at Wonder Wharf. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's really all thanks to Chloe Barbash. Yeah. <laughs> the last one I'm going to shout out is Zach Galifianakis as Felix Fishoder. Just an the amazing lawyer cameo. of the Fishoder family. He is he's the younger brother, not the lawyer. Oh, so okay. which My makes bad. it even better because in the show Felix Fishoder is a very non-regular character. 
Okay. Whenever he's there, it's Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I just, I'm obsessed with that. Like, Kelvin Fishoder is in a lot of episodes as their landlord, who is played by uh, Kevin Klein. And Felix is not in a ton, but it's just, I just love that. It's Zach Galifianakis whenever he comes, because obviously he's an icon. He's a comedy legend. He doesn't need to be voicing Felix Fishoder on Bob's Burgers. He just does it because he wants to, and he enjoys the comedy of it. Yeah. So uh, we spent a considerable amount of time talking about the voice cast. Zareen, do you want to set up kind of the premise of the movie? Yeah. What is the plot here? Right. So Bob and Linda are trying to get together cash to pay back their bank for a loan that they took out, I believe. And, you know, they're, as always, down on their luck with that. And to make things even worse, a giant sinkhole appears in front of their diner, making it even harder for people to get to their diner and pay them so that they can make the money. And the, yes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm sorry. Your bank says you have seven days. You need to pay us this money in seven days or we're going to start taking you know stuff from your restaurant. And you're like, okay, game face team, family, get ready. And then a fucking sinkhole <laughs> opens up. Like, are you kidding me? And so m- some people would be like, oh, it's just for the movie. No, this is 100% Bob's fucking luck. Anytime something can go right, he ends up having bad luck and it gets turned on his head. And so to me, this is just so classic Bob's Burgers. They're struggling for money. Let's throw another impossible hurdle at them. And so that sinkhole is a big driver of the uh, of the whole plot here. But yeah, go ahead and I'm sorry I interrupted. I just love the sinkhole plot of it all. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is no ordinary size sinkhole. It is like the width, the diameter is like the width of their building. Like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so totally blocks the door. <laughs> right. And so the kids, as always, decide to go. They're trying to investigate this hole because Louise wants to prove that she is brave and not a B-word baby. And that leads to a murder mystery because a skeleton is found down in the sinkhole and it ends up being one of the carnival folks. And now they're off to solve this murder mystery while also trying to fund the restaurant to keep it open. Yeah. Um, were you guys grossed out slash scared when the, the skeleton fell out of the side of the wall oh and the teeth God. fell in oh Louise's mouth? Oh my God, that uh, was the most disgusting thing. Yeah. I could not watch My whole I theater my goes, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, no, not this. Imagine yeah. a dead person's teeth. Uh, uh, uh. Sorry, can't. can't okay, yeah. we can move past that. Can, it's gross. I'll be. I'll be honest. I didn't. I don't know if I missed it or just didn't catch that there was a time jump because they they show the murder in the beginning of the movie, and then they cut to present day, and then the skeleton emerges. You didn't know. Like, you, you I was like, like that body what is decomp- what is the time like? How quickly did this body decompose? Like, how did it end up so far beneath the ground? Like, yeah, new composting methods. I was like, yeah. was that carnival in like in the eighteen hundreds or something? Like, what is? Well, Wonder Wharf has been there for a long time. <laughs> so I'm not the smartest of viewers. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> and so, like Evan mentioned earlier, is everyone has uh, some sort of driving force in this plot. I'd say the main plot ties to. The Belchers trying to get an extension on their rent from Felix Fishoder 
but also mm-hmm. Felix Fishoder is now arrested as the suspect in this murder because he was heard the night of the disappearance. I'll murder you, Carney. Classic, uh, you know, <laughs> it seems very guilty. But so that's the main plot. And it ties into Luis proving she's not a baby and she's going to save the family by getting Felix Fishoder out of jail. That way the family, which is, it's so great. They ask him, they're like, can we get an extension on the rent? And I think he says like, maybe. maybe. Or like, <laughs> yeah. And so they're like banking on this maybe. I, I'm like, yeah, Linda is, Linda yeah. is. <laughs> Felix She's like, yay, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob's like, no, he <laughs> maybe said maybe. He's like, how many, it, such a classic Bob joke. He goes, how many times can I call someone before it becomes weird? I've already called nine times yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> Felix Fishoder has probably one of my favorite lines in the movie. He goes, I'm of two minds, and by that I mean drunk. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even really a joke. No, like, it's just really it was stupid. But, yeah. but that's what's so great about this show is they will always like set up your expectations for a joke, and then they're like, "Nope, took it the other way." It's it's really good how they do that. Yeah. Um, but so while we're on it, I guess I'm just I'm also gonna get into it. My favorite, so it wasn't a line, but my favorite bit from the movie is towards the end. They're racing under Wonder Wharf, like in those bumper cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Tina looks over and makes eye contact with the villain, and it's like a classic car scenario where she looks over first and they make eye contact, and it's like super awkward. So then Tina like is just casually looking back like out of the corner of her eye, <laughs> and it's a completely visual gag but it's exactly what i do in cars whenever i get pulled up next to someone the first thing i do is yank my head to the side and like (laughs) look at them and it's so awkward every time you make eye contact but i do it instinctually and so that's the type of stuff i'm talking about is like they don't treat this always like an animated show they're just like in it for the comedy of it Mm -hmm. so that's the parents central driving story is, is repaying the loan uh louise's is Proving to everyone she's not a baby and she's not afraid. And solving the murder. And solving a murder, Mm -hmm. which is, that's kind of the the plot that ties them all together. Yes. Because they need to get Kelvin out of jail. Tina wants to give her her boy crush, or is debating giving her boy crush a locket, a necklace, a piece of jewelry. It's it's her beret. Yeah, beret Uh, turned into a necklace. I don't remember what she called it, but she had a a combined name for him. It was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, Yeah, I can't, I'm not good at like combining names, but it was like a, 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 I don't know, see, I don't know. But it was pretty funny because I I love in the show, Tina and Jimmy Jr. are such like a middle school couple. She doesn't know, like, does he like me? Does he not like me? And some days it seems like he does, and some days it, it seems like he doesn't. So it's really classic middle school to me. Yeah. Um, and then what's Gene's storyline is he wants to play a headlining show at the wharf with his mm-hmm. new instrument, a spoon tied to a, a napkin dispenser <laughs> with a rubber oh, yeah. band. Did you guys <laughs> ever create your own musical instruments as kids? I can't say that I, I did. I think so. I think I one time had a shoebox uh, rubber band guitar, but I think that's like mm, the extent of my... Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't do anything crazy like Gene has going here, but so it's uh, a napkin dispenser with like plastic spoons. All right. And it makes noise. <laughs> Here's a follow-up question. Yeah. In the spirit of Tina's story in this movie, what's the cringiest thing you did as a kid or maybe as an adult? Uh, like as a gesture for, for for a crush. 
Oh, man. Okay, this one's like oh, really God. awkward to talk about, but since we're on the subject, I like him still just getting hot thinking about it. I one time <laughs> wrote like someone a note and I just never got a response. Like, to the, like <laughs> no acknowledgement the note was ever received and it was mortifying. I still to this day will never live it down. <laughs> That's rough. That's it right. is. I'm like, I can't think about if, it too if that much. You're still waiting. <laughs> no, that is not the case. They, it is long gone. But um, I just like, oh, that was the worst because you still see that person and like interact with them and they never mm-hmm. acknowledge that they saw or got the note. And I, I know they did. So it's, it is what it is. I've moved on. That was like sixth grade. <laughs> still haunts you. No, it doesn't. What about you? Okay, what about you guys? You guys got to go now. I, I ripped the Band-Aid off. I, I, in like fourth grade, I burned a CD that had like R&B, like not, not even slow, yeah, kind of slow jams, like <laughs> Mario, Let Me Love You and like shit like that as like a 10-year-old and put it in, in this girl's locker and also no response. And it was like, uh, <gasps> Same thing yeah. though, no response ever. Oh, no. Okay. It was now I'm wondering straight, though, is the no box, response though. better than a rejection? <laughs> Maybe. It, it leaves Zuri, you with that small right, sliver yeah, yeah. of what oh if. God. Yeah, we, 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 your turn now. I can't think of anything on the spot. Maybe I've just like buried the memories. You're too just young. too cool. Hundred percent success rate. Oh man. No barrette turned into a necklace. Well, if you think no. of anything, you you can interrupt us and let us. All know right, all right. Out. I will let you. We'll know. keep you posted. Yeah, yeah we, we want to know now. But yeah, so it's very classic Bob's Burgers format. Tina's boy crazy. Gene's making noises and and wanting to get his band, which is a real band in the in the show, the Itty Bitty Diddy Committee. And um, I really like that. Yeah, it's so great. And just on the uh, middle school talking, like, I'm pretty sure I, and this is part of the problem is now I'm like troubling. Is this a recent episode of Bob's Burgers I watch or from the movie? But Tina has a classic, like someone says the word grinding and Tina's like, oh, like the sexy dancing. I was like, oh. Wait, that was from the movie. It was. I think it was when Bob's trying to grind the wheel against the pipe. Yes, And Tina goes, what, like the sexy dancing? And I. And they're like, what? Busted out laughing. I, I'm not kidding. I was like, oh my God, why does that unlock the most awkward memories for me? That's what I'm saying is this show has like some of the most laugh out loud things. Like there's, it ranges from jokes where you'll like, like throughout your nose to like, oh my God, where you got to like pause the TV. It's got like every variety of joke. Yes. So you're saying the itty bitty ditty committee is in is a recurring bit on the show? Uh, they've done it once before. It's okay. it's Gene, okay. it's the sisters where they have the straws and they're like just pumping it up and down, and then it's uh, Daryl, uh, it's regular size Rudy, and then it's also uh, Peter Pescadero, who's like the most popular kid in school. One thing I did really love about this movie was that it was so musical. They have an opening number. I think they. Mm-hmm. They do a, a reprise of the song at the end, and there's like a Carney song in the middle. This is yeah. This is where I'm gonna pitch out there. Their songs are super Broadway esque. The way they do like their oh, I don't even know if this is the proper term. Like the overture, like they have people singing two different things, but like over mm-hmm. the same. Beautiful makes me want to cry, and it's from yeah. Bob's Burgers. It's not like from Hamilton or something. How amazing is that? Is the yeah. show it's like a play? This musical. Yes. Yeah. Every episode has an original song because it'll either be in the episode and then it plays as the ending credit, or if mm-hmm. there's no song, they just have an original ending credit song. Damn. Yeah. 
I just got I love binge. the amount of effort they put into this show. It's like every mm-hmm. show, you know, the opening credits are different. Yep. The burger of the day is different. The closing song is different. It's just top quality stuff. Yeah, it, you're 100% right. Every episode is unique and original from the intro to the outro to the content in between. It's just like Bob's burger of the day. How have I never caught that? <laughs> How amazing is that? He changes it every day. And so... <laughs> I want to touch on this. The puns in this show, oh. amazing, because <laughs> they they make them, but they're also addressing that they're very corny or cheesy at times. And mm-hmm. I'm obsessed when shows like to make bad jokes, but then like call it a bad joke. I don't know why. That's so funny <laughs> to me, though. But so there's always the burger of, a day, of the day, which is a pun. And then there's also the store next to them, which is always yes. a pun. And it's just like... And the van that drives in front of it, the pest control. The pest control. It's it's unreal. It's and it makes so me wonder, good. like, is that just one person's job? They're like, you're I on know, puns. right? You're on puns this season. We need we have 24 <laughs> episodes. We need this many puns. I want like, that job. On it. Yeah. Like, do they just do a fishbowl? And they're like, everyone submit as many ideas as you can. Like, it's brilliant to me. It's got to be a lot of fun to write. Like, that. that's yeah. fun, right? You know what I mean? Because at this point... They're they're so creative, you know what yeah. I mean? Because they've gone through so and they many. Turn them out too. There are I new do. ones like every episode, right? Every yeah. single episode, thirteen every single episode. seasons and counting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is. But so to answer your original question, the show is very musical, and I love that about the show. And so I like that it translated into the movie. In my neighborhood, there is there's like a a concrete leveling business, and on the side of his truck, it says "Flat Earth Concrete." leveling and i lost my <laughs> shit i took a picture it's, of it posted it out on reddit and i was like this sh- this is like straight out of bob's burgers yeah fifteen thousand upvotes yeah <laughs> wow. the most Amazing. viral anything i've ever done wow. that's hilarious and that is exactly the type of things you see and ready for this they'll do it with other businesses if like uh mm-hmm. there's another random business that's in the episode it's mm-hmm. always got a pun for a name they and had it, some of that in the movie i, I know watching I, it like I, it's such a shame I couldn't take notes while I was in the movie yeah. theater yeah. because <laughs> really, there's yeah. so many minute details that it's like blink and you'll miss it. Everything is a joke here. Like right. from them just like grabbing the merman's nipples to open the thing. Oh my God. Like, that every- was like my favorite joke, I think. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everything. Everything they do is has some bit of like comedic value, but it still pushes the plot forward. And I think that's what they're really good at is mm-hmm. uh, like, car- what was it, Carnadelph? Like it's just like what, are they, what a stupid joke. That's like that's where the, all the Carnies live is Carnadelphia or whatever. I uh-huh. I love it. I love I'm the Carney scene because they do another number in there, and they it's also like a big dance number. And, yeah. But it's not like graceful. Like <laughs> no Disney Beauty and the Beast dancing. It's like very rudimentary. It's just like they're kind of moving their arms like, like they're the like yeah. <laughs> well, you know it's what like someone's like up... forcing their arms and legs to move <laughs> yeah. you know what you bring up a great point evan is most of the cast while they sing not very musically inclined but they give it their damn descent that i appreciate that they sound like regular people singing they mm-hmm. don't sound mm-hmm. like broadway or disney stars you know what i mean mm-hmm. where disney even is notorious of like they have the voice actor and then the singing actor where mm-hmm. like bob Berger is like no i i know you can't sing that great Kristen shawl you just got to do your best <laughs> yeah. yes i i really appreciate how the songs like don't take themselves too seriously 
They're like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's very real. Exactly what you said. It's like Bob's still singing with that like exact same <laughs> monotone, no variation, but now it's over music. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's like, you know, the lyrics are also just like, they're not like genius. They're they're very like, <laughs> they're trying to rhyme some things, sometimes not. To me, this it's is funny. like a former improv group or like theater kids dream job is making this you know what mm-hmm. i mean they're like i get to be as goofy and funny as i want and i get to throw musical numbers in. like how great <laughs> is that for sure so the murder plot at the at the center of this is that uh a carney is murdered several years before this i think someone said six <laughs> to establish yeah yeah for those who aren't aware because i wasn't calvin fish odor gets arrested for the murder and they assume it's felix trying to set him up because they okay. catch wind that felix is about to flee the country with his girlfriend his his once former ex-girlfriend now girlfriend again fanny who's like very clearly a gold digger and she like very <laughs> is much not into felix unless he's like very rich and wealthy and one thing I like about this is when they're investigating Felix, they don't change anything, canon-wise, from the show. Felix Fishoder lives in a mansion treehouse on the Fishoder property. And they spent zero time explaining that to any audience member. They were just like, no, no, this is what he does, and he sends his dishes and dirty laundry over in a cart. Yeah. Like, they just kept it all, and they didn't explain it, and it's very weird. And I love it. I'm obsessed with it because that's just how the show is. I loved the the treehouse mansion. <laughs> yeah, and when they're exploring and doing it, this is where Gene's great. Is that he's like, I'm gonna keep looking in this cashmere sweater, and he just keeps rubbing his face. <laughs> and, like those are the moments where Gene's great. Like they're in a very serious moment, and he's just rubbing his face in a cashmere sweater. So the one clue that finally, or the one clue that they're primarily investigating is a cufflink, a novelty cufflink. Mm, yep. It's a banana graduating. <laughs> That's the cuffling. Also, Dude, I don't know. Never explained. Yeah, never explained. explained. No, no, okay. no, no. There's no importance to it, but it is a banana that's graduating. <laughs> Right. Um, it's unique. Maybe that's why. It's not like any cuffling. I don't know. It's very <laughs> random. Uh, I, I mean, I guess kind of spoiling the ending, but it, it is Grover okay. who murdered Cotton Candy Dan. I want to talk about the final act of this movie that takes place at the wharf. Underneath the ride? Yeah. Mm. Most of the movie leading up to it, I mean, the movie in general, feels like a pretty uh, run-of-the-mill Bob's Burgers episode. But I do feel like the stakes in this third act, mm-hmm. I, I was like kind of on, I mean, I was very much reclined, but I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, the stakes, you know, this guy's going to set this whole Wharf on fire, drown his cousins, kill the Belcher family. This is kind of getting dark. (laughs) And you want to know what's great? Is this is not the first time the Belchers have had a near-death experience at Wonder Wharf with the fish odors. What? The first time, Felix Fish Odor is trying to off Kelvin to inherit all their money with Fanny. It's classic that she's back in this because this is that's one of the only times we see Fanny the first time. And so it was very reminiscent of that. And that's probably one of their like more celebrated uh it's like a two part finale is is them at Wonder Wharf trying to figure this out. And so I really enjoyed that because like you said, 
I don't know this is going to work out. Like, there's part of you that's like, I know this is a movie, but they're very down on their luck. This could all go to shit very quick. Yeah, the part where I was most on my reclined chair's edge was when <laughs> was when the whole family was stuck in the sinkhole and like the yeah. dirt was just piling in. I was actually nervous. Like I could not think of a possible solution for them to get out of there. You know what? It's terrifying because I feel like that's a lot of people's fear is being buried yeah. alive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, it's heartbreaking in a way. Just, I mean, obviously this is a comedic show, but like that scene of like Bob trying mm. to comfort his kids in, in what appears in, in, to be the face be of imminent dying death. moments. I don't know what well, I would do in that situation. <laughs> it's really great because we always, we've been touting like how awesome Bob's is at their comedy, at their music, the, the voice acting. And even in the show, we don't, we, we will sometimes get that nice family wrap up moment, but not often is this a show like where lessons are learned or where like uh, there's a moral ending per se. And this one got like real serious. Like Linda, who's the upbeat, positive one who's been trying to keep the restaurant in business. Bob essentially gave up the whole burger thing. He, he was, he was very submissive to the fact that they were done. And it took Linda's optimism and Teddy's ingenuity, which we haven't talked about Teddy, but I'm obsessed with Teddy. <laughs> um, so uh, it took them really pulling Bob out of that rut to to get him interested in, like, back motivated. You know, he was very depressed, I guess, almost. And so it was nice seeing the moment where they're buried alive and Linda's given up. Because I'll be honest, mm -hmm. I don't know we've ever seen that in the show. Mm -hmm. Linda is tenacious. Linda doesn't like get discouraged. Linda like Linda gave up. And it was so nice to see that when when Linda needed it most, like Bob was able to step up and like do what he needed to because most of the time it's very much Linda who yeah. is the one who will will solve it or put it together or like the the can-do attitude and it it's sometimes Bob's negative pessimism that'll be holding them back. And so this was like very rewarding for like long time a longtime fan of the show is like felt like such a nice family moment and then oh we start talking about bob's mom too which we've never talked about in any of the show i think talking about the grandmother was a nice touch zareen how did you feel about the wrap-up to louise's storyline and you know with her pink hat and being called the b-word right so i thought it was like really fascinating to see the louise learning about her like the family history and like hearing about her grandmother and how that pink hat was something that like Bob once really appreciated seeing in his mom. And then um, also her learning like the truth about what she thought was the origin story of the bunny ears, which mm -hmm. was that she thought that she was too afraid to go to preschool and that those bunny ears were essentially her safety blanket that were keeping her from, you know, being anxious and scared from preschool throughout the rest of her life up to that point. And then she found out that, no, actually she had just been brave on her own. And then the bunny ears were kind of a reward for that. And then we finally see Louise, like, finding the courage, like, from her own self without needing, like, this external, like, safety blanket. And then at the end, she does actually do the, like, dead man's drop on her own. And, like, everyone in the school, including the guidance counselor, everyone is just like, completely frozen in shock and she's like yeah whatever 
it's just it's just the dead man's drop it's just my bunny ears gone whatever <laughs> and like that is such a satisfying ending i think because yeah. yeah louise has always just been like this very very kind of like badass on the outside and mm-hmm. um seeing a bit of that like warmth and like inner um you know that inner doubt that she has but then seeing her family get her to the point where she has the courage again is like I thought was just such a beautiful moment for all of them I totally agree and I think what to relate what you were just saying back to like what Evan said is the stakes in this movie while not like we need to save the world. They were like a step up from normal stakes. But, you know, Louise's ears have really only been like a point in the show, like maybe once where someone steals them and she wears a bunch of different hats till right. she gets them back. She very much was like, I need my ears. I need my ears. And then we never see her without them again. And so for me, the whole time this movie's happening, I was like, oh my God, is Louise going to lose her ears at the end of this? I was like, that would be a big shakeup. And I almost love what they did more is it's like, no, she can take them off. It's not this thing where she like has to have them on at all times now, but she's still going to wear them. And I was like, ah, I really like that. Don't let like other people's perceptions control. Like you're either not wearing them because uh, other people think it's lame or you're wearing like either way you're letting what other people think control. And I really like the lesson that it instilled at the end there. Alex, are you just quoting Jeff Winger from season (sighs) one? I started, as as soon as I started doing it, I was like, oh my God. Talking about Troy's varsity jacket. That's Jeff Winger speech. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you caught that. I, in my head, was like, I am almost word for word quoting Jeff Winger right now. (laughs) Wow. I love you, Evan. You're my best friend. I can't believe you got that. Okay. Um, That's why I stopped. (laughs) I realized I was just like plagiarizing. (laughs) You aborted. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. Um, I thought the ending was great to this movie. Evan, what what did you think of of the wrap-up? There's the the Wonder Wharf scene into the buried scene where they're buried alive. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the end is very emotional, and it brings it to this nice heartfelt place about this family going through like a very traumatic thing together. But there are some bits in the lead-up up to that that are like really funny kind of kind of like yeah no when they're trying to diffuse the the bomb or the dynamite like there's the long wick yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) you're so right is like the two different ways bob is trying to climb through all like all the rafters and then louise is riding the thing and they're both moving like so crawling (laughs) towards this thing that's about to blow up the wharf uh oh that that is so funny because like you said earlier about the dancing, none of this is graceful. None of this is yes. like, like it's very <laughs> realistic to a middle-aged man. Yeah, you can feel his pain, his like out of shapeness. <laughs> yeah, you can feel it. You can hear it. He makes some Tina noises, some grunts. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I really enjoyed that third act. Um, I love the car, the... Whatever those the cart chase the cart under chase the under the thing and then when they get, they jump out of the like out from under the wharf and then they're on the beach and just oh, yeah. moving at a snail's oh. pace <laughs> it's so funny and they're like we should just get out and run um I really think also we haven't talked about my main man Teddy but one yes. of his best parts was once they are buried and they're trying to break the the line Teddy's like Bob 
Bob, someone filled in the hole. He's like, they didn't do a very good job. And like, as he's saying that, the water just spurts out. It's so well-timed. You know what I mean? Like, Teddy's just like so concerned and genuinely like, he's right there. He's so close. He could help. Mm. But he's just just like, I wonder where they are. Then they have that whole exchange when when they are talking to him through the windshield. They can't hear each other. Oh, Oh, that's so good. He's like... He's like, we need you. To, we can't open it. He's like, what's that, Bobby? <laughs> also, a running gag. He's like, oh, you got they, a new car? <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. He's like, oh, is this a new car? He's like, I didn't know. So I love. So there's two running gags now that I need to address. The first one is what you just talked about. Teddy is obsessed with the idea that him and Bob are best friends, which to be fair, they hang out every day, but Bob just considers him like a customer. (laughs) So anytime there's like something new in Bob's life that Teddy doesn't know about, he takes it as like a personal affront. So him asking like, oh, did you get a new car? Like you can hear it. He's just like, why don't I know these things about you? Like, it's so funny. And the other one is that Teddy always thinks their name is Bob, that his name is Bob Berger. (laughs) (laughs) he will never call him bob belcher and he thinks the name of the restaurant is bob burger not bob's burger and so they always will have this slight exchange so he's like i got the bob burger card and bob just goes it's bob's like and they just never it's so good to me it's tiny stuff like that where it's like when you have been watching for so long i was like the only one in the theater who like laughed you know what i mean but like Hmm. it's so good i love teddy Teddy's yeah. one of the best. I, I think he he might be, like, in my opinion, one of the funniest characters on the this, show because yeah. he is just so unexpected. Like, I, I have no idea what goes on in his brain. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. from a different world. Just Of the yeah. side characters, my favorite has to be either Teddy or Regular Size Rudy. Regular Size Rudy has a ton of really great stuff and plus like what a great name Regu- there's little Rudy and then there's regular size Rudy and they're like why don't you call him big Rudy and they're like have you seen him <laughs> <laughs> alright before we get to like our wrap up here I want to ask one important question Okay. do you guys think Bob makes good burgers because I think there's a lot of debate to this because there's some people who will eat it and love it but they're always kind of failing and there's some people who don't generally like it. Do you think you would enjoy eating at Bob's Burgers? I would go to Bob's Burgers. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bob Burger. Yeah. Bob Burger. Yeah. <laughs> so I was actually only looking for your answer because I know Evan will eat basically anywhere. Well, so here's what I was gonna say. Would I yeah. eat it? Would I eat there? Absolutely. Do I think it's a three-star Yelp restaurant? Probably. I think right. that's where it probably so, lands. This is another game I play sometimes in my head is like, what do I think Bob's burger tastes like? And I think I compare it mostly to an In-N-Out burger, um, which is really good. High praise, yeah. yeah, I don't know, though, because I feel like we've seen enough times, like even Skip Marooch, who is um, uh, a character every once in a while. He's a professional chef. He, like, loves Bob's cooking. So... I feel like they just have bad luck and maybe not good, like, business skills. But I think Bob is good at his craft, if that makes sense. And I think that kind of shapes your opinion on the show. Because if you think he's bad at what he does, that kind of, like, really (laughs) changes, like, the whole show. Yeah. Isn't there a Bob's Burger recipe book? Hell yeah. There is, yes. With the burger of the day, yeah. You stone it. (laughs) (laughs) I never made anything from it. (laughs) 
It would be good. Yeah, if I cooked more, uh, I would definitely get that. I, honestly, I might get it just to peruse it. Like, it seems interesting to me because... Yeah, it I, has all the burgers of the day. So yeah. I think I think Bob's Burgers could be, if they had really good business skills, it could be like a novelty burger store where people go, like flock to it mm-hmm. because they're like, what's the burger of the day? And like, even if it's not good... They're there for the novelty and sure, like the creativity yeah. and that makes sense. also the vibes. They you just know? need an the influencer vibes. to stop by, take a couple cute pics. Yeah. Tag them. Evan, you know what New it reminds me of manager. a little? What? Johnny Rockets. Mm. No, is you that, don't get that is vibe. Is that still there? You didn't, I don't know. Oh, no, Johnny Rockets is a chain. chain. I don't That's think it chain. is. It's a chain. Oh, not Johnny Rockets. What was the place we used to go in Grand Rapids? We can cut this out. I'm I so sorry. Know. Well, it wasn't called Johnny Rockets. It was, you know what I'm talking about, though, that burger joint. Yeah, I, I forget. It was like Mr. Burger. No, that, that was a no. dingier one. You know um, what I'm talking Damn, I, I recall. Cut this out. This is terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Look it up and send it to us. Johnny later, Rockets is a chain. Now. That's not what I was talking about. Yeah, now, yeah well, definitely the, not the Bob's Burger signs. <laughs> the restaurant is out of business now, is the hard part. Like, I know mm-hmm. it is. Ooh, out of business so it's, that's definitely Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's actually pretty accurate yeah. to this. Because they are always on the verge of going out of business and so the movie like evan said the stakes were perfect because they really put some finality to that hey you may go out of business yeah Yeah. and i love the ending where they're putting up the grand reopening sign again and it was just like the perfect like full circle to the opening credits that we're so familiar with that was like just the the bow on top i loved it you're so right that was a perfect ending to it it really was We've covered pretty much the entire movie. Let's mm. let's wrap up with some closing thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'll go first because mine will probably be the shortest. As a casual viewer, this is a fantastic movie. I have no idea most of the characters' names. Don't know <laughs> any of the backstory. Uh, I have a pretty general understanding of the family dynamics. And even with that zero to little knowledge, this was such a pleasant movie going experience it's so refreshing there's musical numbers it's just so funny like throughout and it's not like um i don't know it's not like an anchor man or like a sausage party or like a this or that that's like raunchy humor it's just like good i don't want to say family friendly because that's not necessarily <laughs> it but it's just like i good, knew that's what you're gonna pleasant say. humor uh yeah that's not cynical or it's like uplifting. It, you're I right. don't know. It's no, you, you you're hundred percent right. Don't back down for your, I think you're hitting a lot of the things that make the show great. To bring this back to something Serene said at the very beginning, this is a great comfort watch. Mm. I've left the theater feeling so good. And would I watch it again? Absolutely. Will I watch some Bob's burgers? I think I'll throw it on more often now. Zareen, do you want to give us your closing thoughts? Yeah, um, I think Bob's Burgers will please any Bob's Burgers fans existing. But as Evan said, I think it is also a great introduction to anyone who has never seen the show before. They will come out enjoying it, unless they just do not have that sense of humor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's their loss. uh, I do have a couple of friends who actually have seen the show and don't like it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Friends no but, more. I actually haven't. <laughs> I know, had I know. That. Everyone I've introduced to it has enjoyed it. Mm. Sorry, not to brag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I apologize. I'll have to take notes. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's also a very perfect, like, start to the summer movie. It is a summer movie. Yes, um, it is a summer ways. movie. And two notes that I felt it could have been a little bit better. I did wish the musical numbers, there could have been more. And I feel like they could have been a little bit even more silly and fun. And the other very small but annoying thing was I did not enjoy the drop shadows. <laughs> I'm sorry. In the animation. <laughs> it was so distracting to me. Why do they do that? I want to like, know why they do that. Please just go back. <laughs> like no one asked That's for this. That's so funny. Yeah. I don't get it. Every animated movie Every, that yeah. has, goes from TV show to the big screen they add all these shadows. That's, that's what they spend their budget like, on. This I guess. is what you're spending your twenty dollar movie ticket on. It's really <laughs> wild. I don't understand it because I love the animation style of the, of yeah, the show. I think it's, it's very true to the form. And I will say it, it was noticeable at first. I do think over time, I, I kind of you know it wasn't like as noticeable. But yeah, it's definitely standout. So that's funny that that uh, that's one of your notes. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I will. So my closing thoughts, I really think as someone who's been a longtime fan of this show that like, this is just everything that encapsulates Bob's Burgers. And I really hope to see that maybe this hitting the big screen like will bring it more fans like as big as this show is. The audience is not like wide spanning, if that makes sense. Like you are either, it's very hard. Like, you don't. I don't just bring this up in casual conversation. Like, hey, you see the new Bob's Burger episode? Like, (laughs) it's not something every person watches, but I genuinely feel like any person would enjoy it. And so I really do hope that this movie brings new fans to the series because I think it is a great introduction point. I don't think you need to know a ton about the show, but I think it encapsulates a lot of what you're going to get with the show. And it really showcases why the TV show is as strong as it is. I think as far as like straight comedies go, this may have been the funniest movie I've seen in a good while. Like I've seen a lot of really good movies recently. And I think to compare it to the other comedy I just watched recently was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That was really good, but like where the whole Chippendale fan base was livid about (laughs) this new movie. I I don't think anyone has anything to be upset about. I think longtime fans, casual fans, and new viewers, I think everyone's going to enjoy this movie across the board. I haven't looked up reviews really, but I'd be shocked to hear people have a bad thing besides the shadow animation. I'd be shocked to hear if anyone has a bad thing to say about it. So uh, it's, it's a go watch for me. If you've made it all the way through this and you haven't seen it, go give it a watch. Watch it in theaters. It's really fun to be at the theater and everyone laughing again. I, I sound like such an old curmudgeon, like, oh, back before COVID, people would go. like. But it is just such a nice, joyful experience. Like, And it really started like me and Nikki were the only ones laughing at first. And I, I feel like we kind of made it more contagious because by the end of it, our whole theater was laughing. And it, like that just really, like, you know, it warmed my heart, as cheesy as that is. For what it's worth, uh, it's currently at 87%. On Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. On the Tomato Meter, ninety percent audience yeah. score. So it is Woo. doing well. Nice, yeah. Love it. So we started doing this newer kind of segment thing. Two dudes read news. Uh, I'll start with this one that I thought was pretty heartwarming. Kevin Conroy, the voice actor of uh, Batman in Batman the Animated Series, wrote a story for DC Pride Month about 
his time voicing the character and, and he's an out gay man, but I, I, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't something that he had like very publicly broadcast at the time. And he's mm-hmm. received a very heartwarming response from the fan base. He put out a thank you message on Twitter. Is it a Batman story? It's called Finding Batman. It's part of the uh, DC has like a pride anthology issue or mm-hmm. comic. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. But in a time where like online trolls are like bullying actors in these mega franchise properties off of social media like hey something good happened and i'm very happy about that yeah that's great alex i like that a lot yeah so the piece of news that i got is not nearly as good as that holy shit i should have let before you great news um god mine's gonna sound so ridiculous now um pete davidson is voicing marmaduke on netflix There's, I'm sorry, there's that's no lead-up that's, that's not going to sound outrageous. Um, Kim Kardashian's new Davidson. boyfriend. <laughs> not that's nearly so as good as Evan's story. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, but Mine I thought that was pretty piece. exciting. Yeah. I, I'm not positive, but I think this is Pete Davidson's first animated role. Is he, yeah. is he leaving SNL? Or he yes, is. he is one of the cast members that's leaving. Along but in all honesty, he's bigger than SNL at this point. He is. It feels like a very quick turnaround or like churn for mm, him. He was there a while. He's... They just really didn't use him a whole lot. He was really underused yeah. in SNL for as funny mm. as he is and as like big a name as he is. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, my other news, Seth Rogen is producing for Paramount. Uh, a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, reboot. Um, I think this has oh. been announced for a while, but it's going to include, I think, a series and maybe movies. Like it's going to be a sort of mini franchise of its own and, and kind of is reboot. It, uh, is it live action? Uh, oh, no, okay. it's not going to be nice. like the okay, Michael good, Bay good. ones, which I think. Bombed. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pitch one small yeah, thing. Do, not yeah. really news, but. Uh, I would highly recommend reading the New York Times um, profile on Lauren Bouchard, who created the Bob's Burgers show. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting story about how it all started. So it goes into that. Um, we it's a good we can link that. We will link that. Oh, in the we will link that. And by we, I mean Evan. Yeah. <laughs> he will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> it's true. Um, Zareen, thank you so much for being here uh, and taking your this time so to fun, come on the pod. Yeah, this was a ton of fun. Doors always open for you. Mm-hmm. Um, where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, you can follow my Instagram at catch.sum.zs. Um, I post my cartoons and comics and watercolors there. Um, so yeah, give it a follow if you're interested. Nice. I think that will do it for this episode of Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. Uh, I always forget I got to do the whole. Um, you can do it later. If, if you like, uh, I don't know how to. Just do it later. You got stage fright. Yeah, I got stage fright. I don't know why. Uh, if you have recommendations or want to let us know your thoughts on the Bob's Burgers movie, email us at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons at Gmail. Tweet us at Two Dudes Watch. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. Follow and subscribe to the pod on Apple and Spotify. And okay, yep. now we're done, and I'm going to play the outro. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next time. Two Dudes Watch Cartoons.